All right, should have a fun show for you today. We are going to take a look at some early season themes. I want to talk about the Super Races and who might be joining that group of four. And we'll find out what Heath and Chris want to talk about. I really have no idea. I have no idea where they're going to go with this. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hello. Hi, Adam. Oh, hey, guys. All right, great. So let's just do the show monotone. <clears throat> Ronaldo Lopez was pretty good last night. What'd you guys think of? Uh... I think we should we should do it uh, as a an NPR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Ronaldo Lopez pitched very well last yeah. night. One hundred and six pitches, eleven swinging strikes. Sure uh, but he was outdueled by Daniel Mangden Didn't of see the that Oakland coming. Athletics. Hey, did you uh, did you happen to get a look at the uh, the mustache that uh, Daniel Mangden is sporting? I have not, but I am a connoisseur of all things mustache and beard related. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end. It was fun. That was good stuff. That was fun. Uh, Peach Sweaty, everybody. Peach Sweaty. All right, yeah. So we will talk about uh, Ronaldo Lopez and Daniel Megden and as Drupal Cabrera is the number two shortstop in fantasy. Who's the number one shortstop in fantasy right now, guys? Me. Not you. Not Peach Sweaty. Didi Gregorius. Didi Gregorius is the correct answer. We have some hay real quick. Uh, with Didi Gregorius and others coming up. Who stood out to you guys yesterday? Big standouts from Monday's games. Well, it was definitely Reynaldo Lopez, I think. And part of it, I was just giving Chris a hard time because we had a trade offer of Reynaldo Lopez for Jack Flaherty. So, of course, now I'm going to watch it closer because we didn't take that deal. But, the, listen, the first start was good. The second start was suspicious. Only five strikeouts, five walks against the Tigers. Yeah, it was seven shutout innings, but eh. This was a little bit more convincing. The walks still a little bit of a concern. I would not put Lopez yet on like top thirty consideration, but I'm I'm starting to believe it. Yeah, I, I like it. It's pretty good stuff. All right, six innings, two runs, four walks, but ten strikeouts at the A's, and right now eleven walks and twenty-one innings. And I'm I'm trying to figure out because you and I have talked about him, uh, Lopez versus. Uh, Sean Newcomb and who's got the track record and whatnot. I'm trying to figure out, you know, based on his minor league numbers, it seems like he's a little bit a little inconsistent with the walks and his major league numbers. Uh, you know, like 2017, 49 walks and 121 innings, that's kind of a lot. But the year before that, 10 walks in 33 innings at one stop, 25 walks, 76 innings, so that's not that much. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really know what to expect in terms of control for Lopez, but obviously 71% owned. He's a little under-owned as well. Still, He's be- a little under-owned, yes. I, he's not just been inconsistent with his walks. He's been inconsistent with almost everything. I mean, you see ERAs in the fours. You see strikeout rates in the sevens. And then you see years like he had in 2016 where he struck out like 12 batters per nine and walked less than three. So the, the upside is absolutely there. He does look like a guy that struggles with consistency. What's interesting about Reynaldo Lopez um, and this – fits in with the White Sox is he's throwing a cutter now and it doesn't appear to be a classification error. Um, he's thrown it 10.5% of the time according to pitch effects and I'm reading a story now where he was working on that in spring training as a weapon to get lefties out. That could be big. I mean, anytime you see a pitcher throwing a new pitch and he's apparently traded in his curveball for a slider as well. Um, but, you know, Don Cooper I think is pretty well known for the development of that cutter, I think that's actually part of why James or uh, Jeff Samarja struggled there is he couldn't get the cutter to work. But when it does work, it can be an effective pitch. And it, it's it's interesting to watch Reynaldo Lopez changing his arsenal. And since I'm on the podcast with Chris, I need to be consistent and just say that Reynaldo Lopez has allowed a 150 BABIP and has a 93% strand rate. He's going to have to stop walking people or it's going to catch up with him. I'm, yeah, you mentioned Sean Newcomb versus Reynaldo Lopez. I would be more interested in Sean Newcomb at this point. Uh, but ro- really? what Reynaldo Lopez is doing is very interesting. I mean, I'm definitely interested in, I'm definitely more interested in Joey Lucchese. I'm sure we all are. Uh, I think when I, I have a lot of these guys, like I have one team, which is in dead last, actually tied for Chris, tied with Chris for dead last. Oh, are we yeah. tied now? I'm in that league. We are tied, yes. Heath, you're in first. With my 595 team ERA? We I made don't a get trade it. yesterday in that league. We did. We, you traded. You gave me. away Johnny Cueto. I gave away Cueto for Adam Eaton. Both so of them I assume will be you back. have really solid starting pitching. This is my starting pitch. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. In this league. Yes, I have, uh, Dallas Keuchel. I have Carlos Carrasco. I have Rich Hill kind of anchoring the rotate. I have Blake Snell. 
So I think I have pretty good pitching. I also have Tyler Skaggs, Ronaldo Lopez, Zach Wheeler, Jake Faria, Steven Matz, Mike Miner. So I have like a lot of guys. I don't, I don't know that I trust any of those other guys on, you know, on it, like start them all the time. I, I don't think I'm there yet. It's a matchups thing. And what I would say right now is that what I'm trying to do unsuccessfully because nobody freaking trades in this league is package two of them, Skaggs and Lopez, for someone more reliable that might be a buy low. Uh, you could maybe try to trade for a guy like a Johnny Cueto. <laughs> I don't want Johnny Cueto. I think all these guys are going to strike out more batters than Johnny Cueto. And I don't want to be the, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Cueto because if I'm wrong, then it's going to make our podcast look bad. I'm obviously just taking a very strong stance. I think he's going to be good at home. I think he's not going to be worth using on the road for the most part. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. Of all these streaming pitchers that have come about, including Ronaldo Lopez, to me, Lucchese is the only one that I have, like, very high hopes for. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like, the other ones are going to be streamers. You know, they're going to be worth owning, but not necessarily must-starts. Yeah, I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like Joey Lucchese is the kind of pitcher who could do really, really well the first 15 starts. And then as the scouting report catches up to him, he, he starts to lose it a bit because Maybe. he's not working with overwhelming stuff. He doesn't have what we would generally consider to be big swing and miss stuff. He's getting a lot of swings and misses right now. But those guys who rely on deceptiveness, it can be a really fine line. All right, that's I, fair. But then who then who would you say, if anyone, looks like a must start to you? Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, exactly. None but I mean, that, like, in that same league, I think my pitching staff isn't that bad. But everybody has been bad. I don't think I'm actually worried about Jose Quintana or Lance McCullough. No, 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 Chris. I, I, I'm talking about the, the waiver wire guys. Yeah. Do any of them look like must starts to you? And you that's fine if they don't. They don't have to. No. You don't usually go from waiver wire to must start directly, yeah, right? But I, I was just looking because I've got a massive rankings update to do today. I'm trying to do it once a week so I don't spend quite as much um, of my time moving guys three spots in the 60s the pitcher. But as of last week, I had him ranked Newcomb, Lopez, Lucchese. Lucchese's moving up, and he wasn't actually on their tier last week. But I'm still not sure he's passing Newcomb. Wow. All right, good. I, I like your dug in. You're that Sean, you're the Sean Newcomb guy. I think my point is like if you can trade two of them for one really good pitcher, you should do it. I don't yeah, it has to be a really good pitcher. I'm not trading two of them for like the Sonny Gray Kyle Hendricks group. But you do it for Quintana. I would. Yeah. It's realistic. I think you could you could try to I'm it's not gonna work in this league, but you could try to do it in your league out there, it might work. Um, all right. I'm sorry. I, that took a long time. Hyunjin Ryu is 61% owned. He had another really good start, two in a row, two straight starts of six innings and eight or nine strikeouts against Oakland at the Padres. Hyunjin Ryu at 61%. What do you think about that ownership? It's low. It should be higher. I'll write about him in waiver wire today, but he's certainly less excited. I wouldn't drop any of the aforementioned uh, waiver wire guys for him. Um, so. I think the one thing I would run into is like I have Brandon McCarthy in, in a couple of leagues. I guess I would drop Hyunjin or Brandon McCarthy for Hyunjin Ryu, but it doesn't feel like a slam dunk either way. Like I think those are those are two very similar guys. I kind of expect him to be added and dropped and added and dropped, like McCarthy, multiple times this year. He has got off to a very good start, um, but it, listen, it's the Padres. Oakland, who's been better than I expected so far this year, and then a kind of a bad start in the humidor environment. So I agree with Chris. I'd put him below Lucchese, below Lopez, below Newcomb. He's going to be matchup dependent. I don't know that I'm even going looking at to go at him, depending on who he has next week. Okay, that is Hyunjin Ryu, who is in the middle of a two-start week, which is why he's 61% owned. Uh, Chris, talk to me about Christian Villanueva. 42% owned, and he's got a home run in three straight games. You might remember 10 games ago, Villanueva, he hit a, he had a three homer game. In between the three homer game and this three straight homer stretch, whatever, three straight games with a homer stretch, he batted 214 with no home runs, one walk and 12 strikeouts. So he's 42% owned, Villanueva's got some pop. What do you think? 
the plate discipline is it looks like that's going to be a problem. It wasn't necessarily a problem in the minors, but and he did show some pop and in the minors. It's too like it's been seventy major league plate appearances. So sure. Uh, but that is a 16% swing strike rate. And that's yes. something that, you know, 70 plate appearances, that's probably like, it's 300 pitches. That's a bigger sample size and a 16% swing strike rate. That's a problem. He swings at pitches outside of the zone pretty re- uh, frequently. So, you know, in, in your head to head points league, that's probably a concern. But I think he's probably someone who needs to be added in all roto leagues. Would you drop? Michael Franco for Villanueva. Nope. No, probably not. Okay. Um, any third baseman you could think of that you might consider dropping for uh, for him? Uh, I would flip a coin on Matt Davidson. Okay, there you go. Uh, all right, and Heath, talk to me about his Drupal Cabrera, the number two shortstop in fantasy. Three fifty six. He is one of those guys. Average. Sorry, go ahead. We've written a lot about, I think, already this year. I think he's made an appearance in the waiver wire column a couple of different times already this season. And he's somebody I think Chris talked about before the year that had been very, very solid. Now, so far this year, he's been a lot more than solid. I I would expect he's going to be more like the player we've seen over the last two years and less like what we've seen the first two weeks of this season. But he's still someone that was under-owned for most of the season. I don't know what his ownership is now. 85%. He's no longer under-owned. Yeah. That's probably about right. Very useful player. Should have been owned more. He's. This is something that tends to happen in fantasy. I think it's true in every sport. Is Before the season, a guy who's 32 years old, you know, hit, is coming off a decent season, but nothing spectacular. We're just like, eh, who cares? There's, there's exciting guys. As Drupal Cabrera is pretty good though. Like you're never going to be excited about having him in your lineup, but you're never going to be, you're never going to have the lows either. You're never going to feel like as Drupal Cabrera is ruining your team. He's owned right around where he should be, especially with the triple eligibility. Yeah. Would you rather have his Drupal Cabrera or Paul DeYoung? DeYoung. DeYoung still. Okay. I do love that triple eligibility though for Cabrera. Very, very useful in deep leagues. And Chris, I didn't let you talk about a standout. Was there anyone you wanted to discuss? Uh, we should talk about a guy who has multiple four-hit games this season and stole a whole bunch of bases in the minors, Malik Smith. Yeah. He's going to be starting, I would guess, pretty much every day, I think, is what uh, Kevin Kevin Cash? Kevin Long? Kevin Cash is his Kevin name. Cash. Uh, basically said with Kevin Kiermaier out for, what, six to eight weeks? No, like eight to 13 weeks. Eight to 13 weeks. Even better. Malik Smith is going to be the everyday center fielder in Tampa Bay. He's showing improved plate discipline. He's actually, you know, you look at his major league career now. He's 264 hitter, 330 on base, 34 steals, and 542 plate appearances. That's a little worse than what we were hoping for from Delano DeShields, but it's not that much worse. Yeah, he bats ninth or right now. That could change. He bats low in the order. Um, this is Malik Smith we're talking about. I think Smith is 31% owned. And, uh, yes, he did have a four-hit game yesterday. He's off to a bit of a slow start. Two out of five steals, but he's better than that. He stole 16 bases and 21 attempts in half a season last year. So, yeah, you need steals. Yeah. Malik Smith. Per 150 games in the minors, he averaged 84 stolen bases. Wow. Yeah, I imagine that like, 81 games last year, I imagine some of those were just like pinch running appearances um yeah i think it was more like a hundred plate appearance or, or uh, 200 plate appearances or something okay 282 so there you so go less than half a season all right steel source out there on the waiver wire malik smith 31 percent own let's do some news and notes i got a lot of stuff on today's show guys in addition to the early themes it is team name tuesday and we are grading trades what is today's grade the trade song well will it load We're going to grade some trades. I'm the teacher. Great music video. Yeah. Great song. Pretty good. Just let it ride. All right, that's all. We just need to hear him say hi for teacher. Uh, yeah, so we'll grade some trades a little bit later. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com is our email address. Trey Turner stole his seventh base yesterday, and then he was reprimanded for it. Do you know why? Because there was runner on first, I believe, with two outs, and he stole, 
And what did they do? They walked Bryce Harper and took the bat out of Bryce Harper's hands for the very, very cold Ryan Zimmerman, who was retired to end the inning. How about you reprimand Ryan Zimmerman for sucking? And How about there are some interesting early trends with Ryan Zimmerman that we'll talk about shortly? Ooh, okay. And and Gary Cohn on the Mets broadcast, the uh, broadcaster, he said, why not just walk Harper originally? Like, if, if Turner's going <laughs> to steal the base and then you walk him, why not just walk him and put Turner at second if that's what you want to do? It's, it's a good point. Uh, but Turner, look, he are you worried at all about his steals? He's been leading off. That may not be the case when uh, when – What's his name? Eaton. Oh, the guy that I own in every league. Adam Eaton comes back on Friday. Well, but still, he's got seven steals and seven attempts. I think he was still stealing when he was hitting in the middle of the order. What would we be worried about? He leads baseball in steals, right? He's walking a ton. Uh, right, Anthony he, Rendon might go on the DL. Are, he, are you worried at all about Trey no, Turner? Zero. No. Yeah. Zero on the worryometer. 14 walks, four, 14 strikeouts is a lot, but I will remind you. No, that, it's not. It's just. 17% strike. It's exactly what it was last year with a strikeout rate. Oh, all right. And it's much lower than the average. Well, really? much lower than current average. 14 yeah. strikeouts? That's, well, I guess it's a lot of it bad. He's gotten a lot of plate appearances. Right. Here's, and that will lead into one of my trends when we get to it. Yeah, and, and Turner got off to a very slow start. He had a 665 OPS in his first 33 games last year and still was, was great after that. There is no timetable for Ronald Acuna's call up. You should be hoping for a Preston Tucker slump, but it shouldn't be too, too long for Acuna. Hitless again yesterday, Ronald Acuna. Mm, come on. Josh Harrison out six weeks with a broken hand. JT Realmuto could be back today. Anthony Rizzo will be back today. Will Myers and Adam Eaton could be back on Friday. Christian Yelich is, will be back very shortly, a couple of days. Jerickson Profar, another injured Ranger. He left with a possible concussion. Eric- Willie Calhoun is crushing. In the minors yeah. and complaining. I was so going to get to that. he's up soon. Yes. Yes, you might want to stash Willie Calhoun. Um, Eric Thames sat yesterday's day-to-day. Same with Ryan Braun. Ben Gamble is nearing a return for Seattle. Do you think he gets playing time for AL-only owners out there, Ben Gamble? Where? I mean, for Ichiro? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I yeah. forgot Ichiro's playing every day. That, that'll stop, Yeah. <laughs> And some noteworthy items. Aaron Judge became the fastest player to hit 60 home runs. He did it in 197 games. Mark McGuire, the previous record holder, 202 games. Three Angels fans at Kauffman Stadium when the Angels were in Kansas City, they were asked not to cheer so loudly when Shohei Otani comes to bat. And the Angels themselves made this request. He doesn't like a lot of noise when he bats. Be quiet. Well, we should probably spread that word because I'm sure there's no (laughs) way that... uh... Other fans of other teams would want to influence him. Exactly. Uh, Ryan Matson got a save yesterday for the Nationals. A huge win for the Nationals, coming back from a 6-1 deficit in the eighth. But Sean Doolittle had pitched Saturday and Sunday, so I think that's all that was. Yeah, he's never going to pitch three days in a row, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he did it at all last year either. Yoan Moncada stole his first base. Congratulations! Woo! Atlanta became the first team, or the last team, to record a save this season. George Springer has three leadoff homers, like home runs to start a game this year. No other team has more than one, so that's cool. Yes, Willie Calhoun is complaining and starting to get hot in AAA, and Glaber Torres left yesterday's game with back stiffness. Seems like no big deal. So those are two prospects that you uh, should have your eye on, Calhoun and Torres. In fact, we have an email about Glaber Torres. Where are you, Glaber Torres? Email. I don't know who it is, who sent it, but it did say, "Where would you rank Glaber Torres among shortstops?" Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, who is in that range? Like, what is Drupal Cabrera or Glaber Torres? You would rather have Glaber Torres than as Drupal Cabrera, and that kind of, and I, I know that goes against what I was saying You're earlier. But that, that, but that, that's the thing with a guy like as Drupal Cabrera, and you know, you could think of Evan Longoria as another example at third base, where like. He's probably going to put up good numbers at the end of the season, and you're probably going to be more excited about ten different guys. But yeah, it won't hurt you if you don't find, if you don't get those guys. I would rather have Didi. Um, I'd rather have I'd rather have Cozart, but he's right behind that group. Okay, so you're way too low on Didi, which we're, we're going to talk <laughs> like way, like ex, like so way too low on Didi Gregorius. Um, I can't wait. I, I'm very excited to talk about that. But let's talk about some early season trends, guys. What have you noticed, Heath Cummings? I've got a couple of just smaller things. You want me to just go through all of mine real quick? Yeah, sure. The fly ball revolution is still happening. We're seeing less ground balls than ever. 
But home run to fly ball rate is down to 2015 levels. And some of that could be the weather. There was a speculation in in a piece in The Athletic that maybe the ball had been changed. Chris read that and did not seem moved. But it is something to keep an eye on. Infield fly ball rate is way up, and there's been some talk that pitchers are combating the uh, fly ball revolution by throwing more pitches up in the zone, which is leading to more pop flies. Hmm. Just something to keep an eye on. Aaron Judge is not striking out 23.9% now. If that continues, he's the best hitter in baseball. It's crazy what's happening right now. He's in hay real quick coming up. Uh, well, I, I think the answer there is clearly that him and Giancarlo Stanton have to strike out about 30% of the time <laughs> combined. Right. And, uh, you know, Stanton's getting the strikeouts right now. Two more real quick. 49 pitchers already have a save. I think that just, like, part of that is we had a ton of closers lose their job early in the year, which we kind of expected. We talked about that a lot in the preseason. Another part of that is we have several teams like the Astros that are going to have multiple players get multiple saves. And I do think like there's there's a trend with starters not pitching as long, with managers trying to be smarter about how they use their bullpens. It's making closer even more difficult. And then probably the biggest one and maybe even the most actionable, the weather. All of these postponements have not been spread equally i think it makes it almost uh, pointless to talk about where somebody ranks in fantasy points at this point in the season the twins have played 11 games this year for the season Mm -hmm. the white Sox have played 12 royals mariners tigers have played 13 10 teams have already played 16 games yeah it's a good point it's a good point that's why i've been trying to look at like strikeouts per game for teams rather than total strikeouts and like which teams are striking out the most strikeout percentage just go trade for all oh, the for, twins for for teams not for players yeah strikeout percentage for teams why can't i just do per game per game is so much more relatable to the to the listener sir you got to give because, me that because better offenses will strike out more well it's, that's still but that's fine i mean that's still going to affect the pitchers that face them I'm not saying that they're bad. But those pitchers are going to be bad because they're going to give up a bunch of runs because they're better offense. I, <laughs> I think the closer stuff is really interesting. And, and I was sort of thinking about this, like, we are in the era of tanking, certainly in the NBA, and maybe, and super teams in the, in baseball. And the fact that what you just said about the way teams are using their bullpen, it might make the super closers even more valuable than, than we thought. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, the problem is that a couple of the guys, like, who are the super closers? Because on a lot of ADP lists and a lot of rankings lists, guys like Ken Giles and Corey Knable were right there in the top five. Sure. So I, I, th- I think the top three are still, even though Chapman is what, like two saves? The top three are still guys who are going to get just about every save chance for their team and should be very good, assuming health. Um, and then Knable, I mean, we can't really fault him. He got hurt. Uh, I don't know. Is Edwin Diaz a super closer? That team looks really good. He's pitching great. You know, we should have put in that list that I take the blame for because for two years I had to defend my ranking of this guy. Who? Wade Davis. He got a big deal. He had no questions about job security. We should have put Wade Davis up there. And then I'll say it again, a guy that I kind of came around on late in the spring, Rysel Iglesias. But they're they're awful. Is he going to get thirty saves? Yes. All right. Are they going to win thirty games? Yes. Uh, um, all right, Chris. Your early season trends. Okay. So one I want to mention is uh, the Houston Astros are striking out more. I think they are like eighteenth in strikeout rate this season, and that's something I wanted to keep an eye on because last season, obviously, they were the least strikeout prone team in baseball. Um, that may not have stuck. So something to keep in mind as we move forward with the Houston Astros, it probably doesn't mean you're starting any pitchers against them. Um, but let's look at some stat cast data. There are a lot of really, really obvious names within the top 10 in average exit velocity. Guys like J.D. Martinez, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Ryan Zimmerman. Guys that we expect to be at the top of the list. Did you say Ryan Zimmerman? I did say Ryan Zimmerman. Would you like to know where Ryan Zimmerman ranks in average exit velocity in the 
Year of Our Lord 2018. I mean, has he hit like, has he made contact with four balls? Is that why he has is... put 38 <laughs> balls into play, okay. which is four fewer than Jose Abreu in like eight more games? I don't think that's true. Uh, look it up. Look it would up. Would you like to know where Ryan Zimmerman ranks? I would love to hear this by cousin Vinny. Number one. In hard contact, right? In average exit velocity average. per the stat cast system. Via MLB.com. All right, I, I that's look, interesting. It, it that's interesting. might mean nothing that he's hitting the crap out of the ball. Um, given the health concerns, or the I don't even know if are, would we classify them as health concerns? What happened to him in spring training? No, it was weird. They weren't letting him play in games. I don't think he wanted uh, to, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not giving up on Ryan Zimmerman yet. Well, that's interesting because I was I did have him on the dropometer, and Zimmerman is uh, ninety eighty percent owned, eighty percent owned. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't and, uh, you wouldn't drop him uh, for like Justin Moore. Uh, I uh, think that's probably pretty close, <laughs> but Justin Moore actually, um, that's a good one. He is one hundred and seventy fifth out of one hundred and ninety four players in average launch angle. Which basically just means he's hitting a bunch of ground balls right now. The the sample and we had this talk about um, hard contact rate and how small the sample size is and how it may not mean much yet. Like a couple of balls not hit very hard, hard at all could really have a big impact on your average ex- exit velocity right now. Sure, a couple of balls just pounded directly into the ground could have a big difference on your average it launch could. angle. Okay. I mean. The the thing with that, though, is that the ranges are relatively small. You know, like like Justin Moore's probably not hitting – he's probably not hitting any balls with, like, a negative 90-degree launch angle. So, yes, a few could really drastically change that. But the fact that he's so low and he's supposed to be a guy that we think of as a power hitter, it's a concern. But it's a concern in as much as he's not swinging the bat right now, not a concern as in, like – Justin Bohr is trying to be D. Gordon now, you know? Right, right. He's just slumping, right? But I think he's coming out of it a little bit. Things are getting yeah. better for Bohr, and he was a sleeper hitter this week, so hopefully, you know, four, uh, four games at Miller Park, two at Yankee Stadium. He was okay yesterday. Uh, alright, give me, uh, give me another thing that you wanted to talk about, Chris. Uh, let's talk about the darling of the early season breakouts, Jose Martinez. He actually ranks four spots below Jason, Justin Bohr in average launch angle and does not really hit the ball all that hard. He's not bad, but he's 80th out of 194 players, which is slightly above average, but not, not exactly something that you're running out and, and, and screaming about. And so you've got a guy who hits the ball on the ground, doesn't hit the ball particularly hard, and yet has been, what, one of the five best hitters in baseball so far? So what I'm hearing is you should try to trade Jose Martinez for Ryan Zimmerman. I would not be surprised if Ryan Zimmerman was better than Jose Martinez for the rest of the season. Um, and, you know, Jose Martinez, according to the metrics, is one of the worst defensive players in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, got, gonna be, they have issues there. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens when Jed Jerko gets back. He didn't hit righties last year he's very back. well at all. He's back, I'm pretty sure. I think, I think okay. he's coming off the DL today or very okay. or yeah, imminently. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Jose Martinez is an everyday player. Um, right now, he, ha- I would assume he leads baseball in RBI with 15. Um, I think if you could trade him, and I'm not saying he's bad. I just think he's probably more like Yuli Gurriel than anything else. Okay. Uh, he does not lead base. He's close. Baseball's RBI leader is two men tied with 17. Take a guess. Bryce Harper. And American League West. Someone on the Rangers, Mariners, Astros, or whoever the other team is. Yeah, you you keep going. The A's. It's Jed Lowry. <laughs> oh, of course. Jed Lowry with 17 RBIs. All right, uh, thank you, Chris. And then I will tell you my early season trend in just one second. But actually, one early season trend is this. The Draft app is freaking awesome. We absolutely love the Draft app. Look at the score. 
and in the contest that I did yesterday. It wasn't my score, unfortunately, but the real Yateman with 101 points from five players. And Keiko was good, not not amazing. Giancarlo Stanton was not that great. But Didi Gregorius, Bryce Harper, and George Springer, congratulations to the real Yateman. You destroyed the rest of the league, uh, the rest of the, uh, the draft that we did yesterday. 101 points. That's a big score right there. And you won yourself $4.50 in our $1 tournament, which I do every single day on the Draft app. You want in? All right. Download Draft. Search for Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com. Use the promo code FBTODAY. FBTODAY is our promo code. You will get a free entry into a real money baseball draft. When you make your first deposit, just use that promo code FBTODAY. Draft is so fun. You're doing snake drafts just like you do in your seasonal leagues. You do them every single day, as many as you want. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And drafts start at just $1, and you can get some cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. I'm really having a great time on draft, even when I lose to a team that awesome like I did yesterday. Uh, but still, please download the draft app or go to draft.com and tell your friends and follow me. I'm Big Kane 2 on draft. Use that promo code. It's FB today. Start playing. It's really fun. Spread the word. FB today. Use that promo code when you sign up. Get a free entry into a real money draft. All right. My uh, my impression is that my early season trend. Those four super aces are they have been incredible, and they have been worth the price. And what really uh, spurred me to discuss this was I own Chris Sale in a thirteen team roto league. I I don't know if any of the people in this league are listening. Uh, I hope you are. And if you are, just please. You know, skip ahead. Um, kind of offered a, not straight up, but the, the, uh, main parts of the trade would be my Chris Sale for his Trey Turner. And like, I had the third overall pick. I took Arenado was considering Turner. I took Sale like 22nd or something. How, it's almost like, how do I not trade Sale for Turner? But the two guys that I share the team with don't want to do it. And I get it. I get it. Like, right now, those super aces feel so valuable that it seems like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper is the only player that you'd be like, no chance. I, I wouldn't give them up for, for Kershaw, Kluber, Sale, or or uh, Scherzer. And, and you know, I'm not saying that they are top five picks, but they feel that way. They've been great, and Has anything they feel more, more valuable. Nothing's really changed there, though. No, but, you know, sometimes it's like... It doesn't take like, long to reevaluate how how important that player is to your team. The argument against them being those top five guys is just that pitching's harder to predict and pitchers are more likely to get injuries. Uh, I don't think either of those things have changed. Like these guys are awesome. Nobody nobody doubts that. Like there was a there was about a start and a half where people were like, oh, I don't know, Clayton Kershaw's velocity's down, but it's Clayton Kershaw. Um, they're really good. <laughs> like. I know, I know. I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm not feel, providing they more high-level analysis. They feel more valuable. Maybe it's because I, I don't know that many. Maybe people are just struggling with pitching right now and not hitting, and they're desperate to get one of those aces. Um, it just they feel more valuable now than they did even on draft day. I mean, yeah, I, I would always have loved to have had one. I have three in one league, and I'm one and two. <laughs> How do you like your team? Uh, it's the highest scoring team in the league, so uh, all right, well, I, I like it pretty well. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, you got an email of the day from Pete in Brooklyn, and he says, Hey, Joey, Paul, Anthony, and Jose. Who is that? I don't know. Uh, I know it's against the Marlins, but I think it's pretty realistic to think that after this season, we'll be talking about Luis Severino as a super race. His stuff is electric, and he seems to only be getting better. What are your thoughts? Will Luis Severino, is he a super race? No. He is in the group of pitchers that are attempting to join the Super Aces. And I think he has the ability to possibly join the Super Aces. But he is – I will not declare that before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Garrett Cole could join the Super Aces. I think and Justin Verlander – taken a Verl- bigger step than Severino so far. Justin year. Verlander also could. Has been. And, yeah, sure. Right? I mean, I know he's not young or anything, but – the way he's Noah, been pitching. Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard, right yeah. Um, I want to bring something up about Chris Sale, by the way. Just to see how you guys feel, because I've gotten some questions about it. He is not pitching deep into games. He has not thrown more than 93 pitches in any start. He has not thrown more than six innings in any start. And there was talk, and legit talk, that they are going to do what they can to keep him fresh. Because 
Chris Sale's career ERA by month, career, March slash April, 274. May, 257. June, 266. July, 266. Unbelievable. First four months of the year, 274 ERA or better. August, 322. September slash October, 378. That's regular season, not including postseason. So, look, 322 is really good. 378 is okay. But he does wear down a little bit as the year goes on. Um, do you think that we will not get the innings that we expected from Chris Sale because they are trying to preserve him? Um, no. I think he's going to throw 200 innings. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it then. Uh, hey, real quick. Let's do some hey real quick. Then we got some team name Tuesday. Also want to talk about DeGrom and uh, two guys who had much better starts than their final numbers, and their final numbers were very good. DeGrom and Luis Castillo. Actually, Castillo's final numbers weren't that good. It was a real shame because he had six scoreless innings. That was stupid. That was so stupid. He was lights out. Yeah. So good yesterday. He started the seventh with like 93 pitches, I think, and uh, allowed two runs before he was pulled and then... Gave up two more on inherited runners. And DeGrom had seven innings of one run, ended up seven and a third of three runs, but 24 swinging strikes. Uh, remember that guy who said he wasn't electric? Uh, yeah, don't, don't listen to him ever. Uh, he, he looks great right now, Jacob DeGrom. Six walks, 30 strikeouts, and 25 innings, and he's got great numbers in his, in his career against, uh, Washington. At least he did last year, he was great against Washington. Alright, hey, real quick! Aaron Judge or Joey Votto, rest of season? Joey Votto. Ah, there we go. But neither of our answers have changed. Well, come on, you got to be a little bit wary of Joey Votto, right? One extra base Why? hit. One Why? One extra base hit. Why? One extra base hit. Why? One extra. Velocity, Chris. Why would I be worried about this? I mean, this is a really bad start. Like I, three I walks in fifteen be, games. I, would, I, I guess I would be worried about this if I had like a short-term memory issue, um, or if like history started. This year, but we he did this two years ago. He did he okay yes he did he in his first sixteen games uh, two years ago, Votto had a four ninety nine OPS. Rest of season he had a ten forty OPS. Yeah, he didn't have a seven hundred OPS until May thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, he got off to a very slow start. Yeah, what's weird, and I haven't dug in deep enough to see why, but he's not walked yet. Or I mean, he has walked, but he's not walking like Joey Votto. Right, yet. three walks. And sometimes he, like, he has been open about the fact that sometimes he tries things for entire months just to set things up for later in the year. It's really a strange way to look at things, but I guess when you play for a team that doesn't have anything to play for, it doesn't matter as much. He is swinging more than he ever has, or since 2010. And he did that early last, I think he wasn't walking much early last season as well. Okay. Alright, uh, so we're split on Judge versus Vado. Hey, real quick! Didi Gregorius or Alex Bregman? Bregman. Didi, I mean, yeah, Bregman. But we should talk about Didi Gregorius, and we shouldn't be quite so dismissive as I think uh, Mr. Heath is going to be. I am not being dismissive at all. Sounds like you're being pretty dismissive. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I would like to you congratulate. You have a 13th-ish shortstop. I would like, uh, you know, I haven't made my rankings update for this week. I would like to congratulate Didi Gregorius on posting a hard contact rate over 25%. You, you gotta get over the hard contact rate thing. No, he's, he's making hard contact. Oh, okay, okay, good. So that's like, but no, if, if it was 24% again this year, he's not going to be as good as he was last year. I'll just say it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like he's, he's in a perfect park. Yeah. For a guy who doesn't swing that hard. Yep. Like he's walked Three times as often as he's struck out so far. That's big. He's not striking out at all. And and um, that continues good plate discipline that improved in the second half of last year for and the playoffs for Gregorius. Not this good. But he did. Believe it or not, Didi Gregorius, Alex Bregman was the number four shortstop in fantasy last year. Gregorius averaged more fantasy points per game than Bregman. Now, Bregman, it seems like, is a slow starter. This is his first year when he got called up. He was a terribly slow starter. Last year he was the best buy low candidate basically because he went on pretty big tear the last like four months, um, and he's got ten walks and nine strikeouts. But Didi really, he has erased my doubts. Put it that way, he has not erased mine. Um, but 
he has made some improvements, and he will get a slight bump up in the rankings. It just won't be to Alex Bregman territory. All right. Um, like, if Didi had three home runs so far this year, would you feel exactly the same? Was he walking three times as yeah. often as yeah, he's The only thing that changes is he goes from five to three home runs. Yeah, sure. I, I would, honestly. I would. Okay. Um, okay, and uh, you got you got to move him, Mike, ahead of Paul DeYoung? He'll be, he'll be right in the Paul DeYoung range. Okay. And, hey, real quick, Bryce Harper or anyone else in baseball? Um, I must have I, – I would have assumed I would have gotten some kind of notification that Mike Trout retired. <laughs> um, right, but that seems like big news. Are you breaking that? No, but he, ha- he has been better than Trout. But Bryce Harper or anyone not named Mike Trout? Um – I'll, I'll say, I think Harper. We've never seen Bryce Harper start well and then slow down. Hey, look, obviously I'm taking Trout, Trout over him, but would you take anyone else over Harper? Other than I mean, Trout? you might have to consider Aaron Judge. I'd take Altuve over him too. Take, I would probably take Bryce Harper over anyone else at this point, but like, I don't know, it's, it's 16, 17 games. You're I right. still think Altuve, Altuve. He has done this two years in a row. Bryce Harper, like um, incredible starts to the season. No, April's his best month by far. Yeah. I think he has like a career OPS over a thousand in April. Uh, let's do a quick round of team name Tuesday. Eggs Odorizzi, that's a good one, but we've had it. Ungodly Snells. Sure. Uh, Albie's there for you. Yes, we've had that one before. Yep. Uh, Super Ben Nintendo. Yeah. Benny and Junis. The Big Gossman. What is it? Oh, like Bossman? We've had Benintendi in the bets, right? Benintendi in the bets yes. many times. Dawn of the Desmond. Um, I'm just kind of going through my email here. That's what C-Sheck. I like that. That's what C-Sheck. Very good. Super Benintendant Chalmers? Yes. Very good. Uh, DeYoung and the Reeseless. Let's see. I should have put these in the notes. Also, I'm I'm ba- I'm banning uh, Acuna Mancada and Acuna Man- Machado. They are uh yeah. overused. What about a uh, steamed hands? Yeah. I love the Simpsons references. Steamed hands. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, guys. I'm doing this very sloppily. <laughs> Are you making fun of me because this is so bad? No. This yeah. Is great. This is, uh, this is really one of your low points. Here's probably. what happened. I overslept this morning and yeah. I didn't get to put this stuff in the notes. So I'm just going through my emails. Snell you later. Uh, yeah. Mejia later. I think that's enough, really. Better call Salta Labakia. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. Is he in, is he playing baseball? I don't think so. We better call him. <laughs> and I'll do one more here, or one more email. Um, it's not your brault. Sure. And with like, that, that was one more. Right, that's fine. We're, <laughs> that's it. And I'm if sorry. you're doing that one, the team, the team logo is the Goodwill Hunting, like the guy Rob Robin Williams hugging him, right? Yes, that's actually what okay. he put Goodwill Hunting in parentheses. All right, uh, we've got like 14 emails that I think we can fly through. Are you ready? Woo! I can't go any worse. Brad from Upstate New York, dear Zach Slater, Screech and Belding, ten team head head categories league with OBP, Paul DeYoung or Scott Kingery. DeYoung. DeYoung. Really? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, this is from Eric. A sushi lover in Orange County, and we're still going to read your email even though you love sushi. Steven Souza, Adam Eaton, Mitch Hanniger. Who do I drop? Points League. Steven Souza. Yep. Okay. This is from Thomas in a Midwest college town. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Yes. Brad, Dear Brad, Chad, and Thad. Who are they? No idea. Is it too early to drop Evan Gaddis in a 10-team Roto League? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would like. I'd really like for him to not do anything to lose that DH job. Uh, so please start hitting Evan Gaddis. Nick from a small New Jersey town south of Trenton. Should I drop Tanner Roark, Jake Junis, or Eduardo Rodriguez for Joey Lucchese in a ten-team league? Can I make my answer no, dependent on the answer to the next question that he wants to ask? The same different guy though. No. It's the oh, same. oh, I'm sorry. And would you trade David Price plus any of the three guys I currently have for Chris Archer? Yes, I would trade David Price for any of those three guys and then add Joey Lucchese. But if I can't, I would be fine dropping, honestly, any of those guys for Joey Lucchese. Yeah, I think the one, I'd probably drop Junis. 
So wait, you would you would trade Price and let's say Junis for yes. Archer, and then use yep. your roster spot to pick up Luke Casey. Yep. Right. That makes sense. Uh, from Paul, should I drop Fulmer or Clevenger for Luke Casey? Fulmer. Fulmer. From Will, Ronaldo Lopez or Luke Casey? I believe we already answered this question. Yeah. I yeah I have not answered this question. I have not answered it in my own head yet. Oh, Chris, you're saying Luke Casey? I I think I said Ronaldo Lopez. He did oh, say you Lopez. Said Lopez. I apologize. My B. Alex from Rapid City. Johan Camargo is available available in my league. Would you pick up Camargo and drop Alonzo, Kipnis, Dietrich, or Faria? No. I'm not, I'm not really... I'm not really a Camargo guy. Yeah, I don't really see much there. From Taylor. At what point do you give up on Ian Happ? Perella is sitting on the waiver wire leading the league in hits while I continue to see Happ not even in the starting lineup. When, when do you give up on Happ for Perella? You can give up on Hap whenever you like. I am not giving up on Hap until May first. I think if you're like, if you end this week three and zero or four and zero, whatever, Ian Hap might not be a bad guy to trade for. What's going to happen on April thirtieth? Um, I I do not believe like Chris does that months are artificial constructs. They matter. No, I'm just that's I've set an arbitrary deadline that I'm going to wait and see what happens for the fir- first month of the season. Josiah from Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. What is Shohei Otani's value in a 12-team daily lineups league with a DH roster spot? You can use him as both a hitter and a pitcher in this format. Am I aiming too high trying to trade Otani for Aaron Judge? And would he be a first-round draft pick in this format? This is 12 teams, daily lineups, where you can use Otani as both a hitter and a pitcher. Yeah, I think he'd be a first-round pick right now. I think he would probably be a first-round pick right now. I don't think he would be worth a first-round pick. And Adam, I think only you could answer the am I aiming too high question because that's kind of your area of expertise. <laughs> yes, you're aiming too high trying to trade him for Judge because Judge is off to a great start. What was the, I'm trying to, what was the trade? What was the trade that Jamie was telling us oh, Adam was trying to make? Jamie was telling us about multiple trades that Adam was trying to make in a league that they share, Jamie Eisenberg. No, j- and, and how, <laughs> how no, embarrassing it is to be a part of no, a team that's making those offers. He's so yeah, I got a pretty embarrassing offer from Adam. Too. You did not. You need a, yes, you I need did. a closer. You offered me Keenan Middleton and, uh, and Reynaldo Lopez for Jose Quintana. Not insulting two at guys, all. Two guys there, that you added on waivers. There are no, like a, no, I drafted, like I drafted Reynaldo Lopez. Oh, congratulations. And that's a deep, 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 deep league and there are it's no closers. 12, it's a 12 team. It's a 30 man roster league. It's a 12 team league. It's a lot, there's no closers. Not insulting. Um, it's insulting. I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to offer Otani for Votto in that format. No. I don't even know who I'd rather have. I'd rather have Votto. Votto. Um, all right, let's skip around. Last one, and then we'll do uh, 10 more minutes of Team Name Tuesday. Trevor in Nashville, please rank these fill-in guys at their worth once my regulars start to come back. Uh, so basically, like, who's the most droppable is basically what he's asking. Who's the most droppable? Desmond, Chu, Yonder Alonzo, Dickerson, or is Drupal Cabrera? This is a categories league. Desmond Chu, Alonzo, Dickerson is Drupal. Alonzo and Chu. Yeah, that's probably the case. Although Desmond, he's got four home runs, I think, but he has hit like seven fly balls this season. He is just, he is one, I, I think he's the most extreme grab ball hitter in baseball right now. I'm going to actually read a couple more. Brett in a city near Sacramento. Is it time to drop Matt Olson in a 10 team league? Guriel and Alonzo are on waivers. No. Do you remember the uh, Ryan Zimmerman thing that I said? I, I hope do. you do. I do. It was sure. not that long ago. Oh, no. Matt Olson was like seventh in average exit velocity. He's still hitting the ball hard. I'm not that worried about Matt Olson. He homered off a lefty yesterday. I, I will say I get a little bit of a feeling. No, he homered off a righty. I'm sorry. Homer for From when I used to play poker, that if I was sitting there with a hand and I folded it and then the flop came and, I, oh, I should have played that hand, it's like, there goes a chance to win. This is not going to be a good day. And kind of feel like these guys that are hitting the ball hard and making outs, they're just going to have a bad year. That's what you think? It's, oh, it's okay. It's a feeling that I get. Okay. It's a feeling. It's not what I think. When you look to the West. And from Brian, should I sell high on Ozzy Albies? Sure. How yeah. high can you sell? Oh, well, I mean, that, you, can, that... you can clearly get Jose Altuve for him, right? I mean, that, like, LOL, LOL. You would try. Probably someone <laughs> in the third to fourth round range is what I would aim for. Um, 
Would you trade him for D Gordon in a roto league? Yeah. A hundred percent. You could get that done pretty easily. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Um, but yeah, I, he's not this good. He's good. But like the Aussie Albies that we were hoping to see was not like an all or nothing power hitter. And so there's going to be some kind of regression. And it's a question of whether the power regresses before he starts like drawing walks and, you know, making cons- more consistent contact. Yeah. And the other thing about the power, he is hitting a lot of doubles and especially lately. He, some of the power, a good chunk of it came at Coors Field. But, but even since leaving Coors Field, I think his last five games, 12 for 23 with two homers and five doubles. He's and I want to be tear clear. I, I think he's really good. Right. I did ask Scott that he then Scott, I think Scott was the one who answered like, should I sell high on the Albies or am I going to risk giving up one of the true breakout players? And I Scott think both was like, could be true. yeah, yeah. I think that's basically, basically what we concluded. Because he was going around 100, maybe 120 uh, in drafts, maybe a little higher towards the end. But, you know, I think he's probably more of like a fifth or sixth round pick. All right, guys, we got about eight minutes left. Give me your quick thoughts here as we go through the rotation. Jacob deGrom, he has a 2-0 record, 324 ERA, six walks, 30 strikeouts in 25 innings. Jacob deGrom. He's good. Electric. <laughs> woogie, woogie, woogie. Agreed. Um, DeGrom or Severino? Who would you rather have? Severino. Severino. All right. Luis Castillo. 675 ERA right now. He's very good. I'm not worried. I am. Oh, I'm a little worried. Um, he is good. I'm, I'm a little worried. Nah. Who would you rather have? Castillo or this next guy? Blake Snell. Had a great start against the Rangers. I would still rather have Luis Castillo, but both of those guys are excellent. Yeah, I think um whew. I think I'd still rather have Castillo, but they have definitely converged. Aaron Nola, two twenty two ERA, but only fifteen strikeouts in twenty four and a third so far, and he has not had a double digit swinging strike game yet. Aaron Nola. Well, he's had some murderers row lineups that he's faced. Atlanta, the Mets, the Reds, and the Braves. Twice. I mean, you can't expect much against those lineups. He has turned back into Aaron Nola. And I I thought three years ago, Aaron Nola could be a very good starting pitcher without being one of the top strikeout guys. Um, I like his floor a lot. His velocity does... No, no, it's fine. It hasn't gone down, so... I don't know, because that was the big thing for me. He started getting more swinging strikes last season. He started throwing harder. It made it easier to buy him as a a high strikeout guy. Um, I haven't really changed my opinion on that yet. James Paxton and Dallas Keuchel were both very good last night. Who would you rather own? Oh, James Paxton, easily. Paxton. Okay. Frenchy starting pitchers. Do these ownership percentages sound okay to you? Julio Tehran, 78% owned. He found his slider last night, and it was outstanding. Brent Suter, 21% owned. Daniel Mengden, 16% owned. Herman Marquez, 25% owned. So it's Tehran at 78% owned. And then Suter, Marquez, and Mengden, 25% owned or less. I assume all of these guys are two-start pitchers this week? Yes, they should That's be. That's the only way Tehran should be 78% owned. Okay. And then... Do you have any desire to pick up Suter, Mengden, or Marquez? No. No. Okay. Are you ready to grade some trades? Yes. Are you ready to no. hear Van Halen? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's grade some trades. Here we go. A C is average. And yeah, rock on. Here we go. Okay. Thank you, Van Halen. From Michael, give up Jacob Degrom. And Trey Mancini get J.D. Martinez and Kyle Hendricks. DeGrom and Mancini give up. DeGrom and Mancini get J.D. Martinez and Kyle Hendricks. A minus. I think that's an A. Okay. Good job. Next trade is from Samir, head-to-head points league. Give up Michael Fulmer and Michael Conforto. Get Garrett Cole. Fulmer and Conforto. For Cole. B. B plus. Okay, B plus. So far, so good. From A. Mitchell, give up Severino. Now, this is an interesting one here. 
Give up Severino. Get Andrew Benintendi and Blake Snell. B. B minus. Yeah. Benintendi, does he feel like someone who's much better in points than Roto again? Not much, but better. That doesn't seem unfair. I, yeah, I just, I understand why you would say that because he may not be a big power guy and he may not be a big steals guy, but I still think he's going to hit for a good average. I still think he's going to score a ton of runs. So I think he'll be good in both. Okay. Also, I think it's like a plate discipline thing and, and sort of like an extra base hits, doubles, triples sort of thing. Right. All right. Uh, from Tyler, dear non-zero chance, grade the trade. It's a 12-team keeper league, head-to-head categories. Giveaway Tanaka for Lorenzo Kane. Seems like a C. Seems perfectly fair for both sides. Did Tanaka you say whether it was road or points? It is categories. C minus. All right, Chad from Lawrence, Kansas. Hey, Albert, Manny, and Kenny. Those are Cleveland Indians. Yes. Old, old ones. 12-team standard, 5x5 five five Roto. Give up Stanton and Godley. Stanton and Godley, gone. Getting wow. back, Corey Seager, Andrew Benintendi, Ian Happ, and the pitcher, Shohei Otani. So let's read it again. Stanton and Godley, you're getting back Shohei Otani, the pitcher, and these three hitters. Corey Seager, Andrew Benintendi, and Ian Happ. Damn, that is It's not an A, but it's a good trade. See, I think Otani's better than Godley. Okay, then yeah, I'm then this not is a good Corey trade. Seager, Andrew Benintendi guy, but and Ian Happ is kind of a throw in at this point. Uh but Benintendi Seager and Happ for Stanton, it's not bad value. I'm calling Godley and Otani a wash. Um I Seager Benintendi yeah, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a B minus. All right, this is a uh, no name on here. Dynasty league. Give up Marcelo Zuna. Get J D Martinez. Dynasty. A. Dynasty. A. All right. Yeah, A minus. Drew from Chicago. Last one. Dear Hater, Harrison, Reddick, and Donaldson. Josh's. Josh's. How is your name not Josh? We're gonna send that email. Ten team dynasty league again with OBP and quality starts. Give us. I think he was joshing us. Maybe. Give up Blake Snell and Victor Robles. Ooh, young talent. Snell and Robles. Get Granky and a third-round pick for Snell and Robles. Granky and a third-round pick. So a third-round pick is not super valuable in Dynasty. Right. Um, how long until we think Blake Snell's better than Zach Granky? Not this year. 2020. That's, that's a while. Um, it's like it's C. It seems okay, but yeah, I don't like it. I prefer I would prefer to get the impact, the for sure impact guy now. It it really depends. If if you make that move, you better think that you're in really good position to win a title this year. All right, it guys. Could be as soon as next year. Let's do today's matchups real quick. Starter sit: Danny Duffy at Joe Biagini. I don't think I want to start Duffy there. I'm starting both. I'm sitting both. Uh, Yarlene Garcia or, or Harleen Garcia at Masahiro Tanaka, whatever. Sit Garcia. Start Tanaka. Start Tanaka. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about Andrew Kashner or Francisco Liriano? I don't think Liriano is the worst start. Is Kashner the worst start? He's been good. I would prefer Liriano to Kashner. Chad Bettis at Trevor Williams. No, I wouldn't start either. By the way, Charlie Blackman has five home runs this season, and zero of them have been at Coors Field. Same with DJ LeMahieu. There you go. Um, Matt Moore and Yanni Chirinos. Yanni? I'm okay starting Yanni Chirinos, yeah. All right. Heath, feel free to jump in. Gio Gonzalez at Zach Wheeler. Gio. That, I forgot to mention Zach Wheeler. I really want to see what he does tonight. This yeah. is a guy, if he can get the walks down, could really, really emerge as close to a must-start. Maybe I'm overreacting. I don't want to start him tonight. That's no, fair. I would not start totally him tonight. Um, Wait and see. Pick yeah, him up. Pick him up now. I'd say if you have a roster spot. Yeah, he's um, he's Matt Moore until further notice. So we'll see. 
Zach we'll see Wheeler, if he actually starts to actually do it. Is 56% owned. Corey Kluber, yes. Jake Odorizzi against the Indians. No. No. Nick Pavetta at Mike Fultonevich. Yes. Both? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably starting Pavetta. Um, I'd like to know how bad the wind is in Atlanta. That is not a good place to pitch when the wind's blowing out. Sal Romano and Junior Guerra. No. No. Adam Wainwright. Actually, Junior Guerra's not the worst felon option. Adam Wainwright and Tyler Chatwood. No. Start Chatwood. Johnny Cueto and Patrick Corbin. Yes. Start them both. Miguel Gonzalez and Trevor Cahill. No. David Price, yes. Shohei Otani, yes. Alex Wood and Brian Mitchell. Alex Wood, yes. Brian Mitchell, no. And Lance McCullers, yes. And Ariel Miranda, no. Right? Against the Astros. Yes. Correct. Correct. Thank you, guys. Good show. Informative stuff. Thank you for your time. And we are done. I'm just rambling. Bye. Bye.